When Shannon was in grad school, she had a part-time job working at a chiropractor's office. And one day, while she was walking patients back and forth into exam rooms, she was really struggling to keep it together. It's because she was having her period. I remember walking patients back just like every second, just like, you can do this, you can do this, and just gluing a smile to my face and walking down the hallway and then forcing myself to come back and going behind like the curtain to like the employee area and just doubling over and laying on the ground, just soaked in sweat because I was just in so much pain and just thought, well, this is just cramps. I mean, this is just what everybody deals with and I just needed to suck it up. This was normal for Shannon when she got her period. She was often in extreme pain, sweating, unable to walk. Sometimes the pain made her barf. Shannon figured that's why periods are called the curse. And that's why, you know, we would take hot baths or have heating pads, or that's why they invented things like my doll or, you know, and that was all kind of a big joke because none of it really worked, but we all just kind of went along with it. Like, oh yeah, this feels better. Thanks. That day in the office, one of Shannon's colleagues found her on the floor by the coffee maker, just writhing in pain. Shannon remembers looking up at her and saying, I'm fine. Just my period. And she just looked at me like, I don't really think that that is a normal thing for you to be feeling. (laughs) Which is something that I just really had never considered before. This is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Andrea Salenzi, and... There's no getting around it. This is a story about periods gone awry, which means we're going to be talking about bodily fluids. But you know, it's a part of life for people. We run on fluids. And interestingly for Shannon and her husband, Chris, fluids and cleaning up fluids played a huge role at the start of their marriage. And they actually believed that it was dealing with this stuff that helped bring them closer together got them ready to start a family. Back in 2011, Shannon was 27 years old, a newlywed living in a new city, Memphis, Tennessee, with her husband, Chris. He was a high school principal at the time, and she was finishing up graduate school for education. So one morning, they were home having breakfast together, and suddenly, Shannon wasn't feeling so great. And he was like, are, you know, are you sick? And I said, no, I just, I'm on my period and I, I just have really bad cramps. I'm going to go lay down. And so I barely made it from the dining room table to our bedroom. And I laid down on the bed and I just remember just collapsing in pain. And from that first period as man and wife, Chris was the ultimate men's wingman. The first thing he did right and it's weird that this is even extraordinary, was believe her pain. I mean, you can see someone in pain and their, you know, their face is distorted or they're crying or something, but just the fact that she couldn't control her body being in, a, in that fetal position, like I knew that the pain was intense. And then I just started throwing up and I couldn't stop. Shannon insisted this would pass. She'd be fine. But Chris was worried. It's okay. Do you need more ibuprofen? Do you need a, a warm bath? Out of options, he looked outside. Their next-door neighbor was in her driveway, and he noticed she was wearing scrubs. Even though Chris had never met her, he ran outside to flag her down. He was just like, are you a nurse? And she's like, yeah. You know, and so he asked her to come in. 
yeah, I just panicked. So she came over and took a look at me and she's like, no, you need to go to the hospital. Just because of the pain. And she was a little, I guess Shannon was a little disoriented and maybe that was also scaring our neighbor a little bit. So then when we got into the hospital and they got me back in the emergency room to triage and stuff, then everybody thought I was having a miscarriage. And I was like, oh no, I'm not pregnant. And it was just this whole big misunderstanding. And then eventually they... um did a series of ultrasounds and stuff, and then came back that I had had uh, several cysts burst at once. And so that's the first time I was ever told that I had cysts at all. Then from there, it just kind of escalated. (laughs) An ovarian cyst is a fluid-filled sac that can grow inside or on the surface of your ovaries, usually during your childbearing years. They're usually only created when you're ovulating. You know, the egg forms inside of a structure called a follicle, And one of the ways cysts can happen is when that follicle fails to release the egg properly. Then when a cyst gets large, it can rupture, which can be incredibly painful or something you don't even notice. Bodies are weird. Shannon and Chris figured, at least now they know what's going on. Armed with their new insight into Shannon's painful periods, the newlyweds headed home. We just had no idea what was coming Shannon started to get her period every 14 days. That's double the normal amount of periods. And her period usually came with these painful cyst bursts. Chris would draw me a hot bath and he would help me get undressed and he would help either sometimes carry me to the bathroom or just walk me there and help me take my clothes off and get into the tub. I I do remember many times where she would warn me Like, I feel like I'm going to pass out or I'm about to pass out. And so then I would just soften that blow however I could. And he would just sit there and just tell me everything was going to be okay. And usually I was just in so much pain that I just couldn't even talk. Chris learned how to get Shannon into the tub without slipping, when to turn on a heating pad, when to get her a cool washcloth for her forehead, how to clean the tub when they were done. Everything else just took a back burner. What's going on inside of you when this is going on? It's really just, in all honesty, just thinking about how can I help? Because I I guess I I don't don't want to stereotype men. Heads up, he's about to stereotype men. But we do like to fix things and fix problems. And so in my mind... At times, it was always, there There must be a solution. There must be something I can do to, to fix this or help her. Okay, maybe not all men, but definitely Chris. Chris really believed that he could fix Shannon by easing her pain through these periods. And at the same time, Shannon was trying to learn how to let him help her. You know, I think as women, for some reason... Heads up, she's about to stereotype women. We've kind of been taught to hide that part. You know, just you don't want to show, like, the parts of your life that, you know, like, oh, you know, I leaked in my underwear from my cycle or, you know, other things like that. And poor Chris just really got (laughs) thrown into kind of a literal bloodbath and really, I mean, handled it like a champ. So when you said bloodbath, you meant bloodbath. Oh, yeah. Like a literal bloodbath. Yes. So like how some newlyweds take up tennis or kayaking. Chris and Shannon were trying to master bathtubbing. 
And I couldn't find any books on it. It was weird. <laughs> there were no, no tutorials. No Pinterest ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but bathtubbing can get really old really fast. When we come back, Chris and Shannon find a whole new hobby that hit you craze. You may have heard of it. It's navigating the American medical system's barely passable knowledge of female sexual and reproductive health in order to get a diagnosis already. Stay with us. Can you say advertisements? Advertisements. (laughs) Welcome back. During their first year of marriage, Shannon was trying to ignore her health issues, and Chris was determined to fix them. But after their first summer together, Shannon's symptoms were getting worse. You know, I would be using like super plus tampons. And I was changing them every 40 minutes if I was lucky and just, you know, got to be a point where I was just like (laughs) squirreling tampons like all over in my pockets. Like I wouldn't wear anything without pockets and I would keep extra tampons like in my bra. Soon the heavy periods became one long period that never stopped. It went from September into October into November. Suddenly it was February and Shannon had been bleeding for five months. So I was raised a vegetarian, and I didn't really eat meat until I met Chris. And during that, like, five or six months where I was just kind of bleeding nonstop, I mean, there would be moments where I would just look at Chris and just be like, I need red meat now. Like, we would go, and I mean, I remember him just looking at me with these big eyes, like, okay, you know, and it really was, it was like this carnal, like, like, I could not get enough, like, red meat. Between all the tampon bills and the meat bills, Shannon couldn't keep living in a constant state of menstruation. He started trying to find the right doctor. The first guy they saw said, whoa, you need a hysterectomy. An operation to remove your entire uterus? That felt extreme. Sure, it would stop the bleeding and all periods forever, but it would also mean Shannon would never be able to carry a baby. At the time, she was 27 years old, loved kids, wanted to have kids, but was still a newlywed. We didn't really get that buffer of kind of new marital bliss of in our house and just enjoying that time together because he was busy taking care of me and I spent, you know, a lot of time bleeding and, you know, crying on the phone because I, you know, bled on the floor at Whole Foods. Uh, what? I was checking out at Whole Foods and I was standing there and I remember thinking like, oh no, like I could just feel, it's just a really weird thing to say, but you can just kind of feel like before the floodgates open. And I was just like, oh no, like I need, I need to get to a bathroom. And I took like one step because I was going to pay with my debit card. And it just, I mean... (laughs) blood just started running down my legs. I was wearing a dress and blood was just running down my legs and into my shoes. And I was just like, I was like, I'm so sorry. I have to go (laughs) and just left my stuff and just went. And I remember, you know, just crying in the car because I was just so embarrassed, you know, and those are things that like, 
we're supposed to, you know, supposedly deal with when we're like 13 and don't know how to manage our menstrual cycles yet, you know, and here I am like 28 years old, you know, like (laughs) just like hemorrhaging blood in the middle of Whole Foods. Shannon saw a new doctor. Instead of hearing, whoa, you need a hysterectomy, she said, whoa, you need to have a baby. Because babies stop periods. After getting diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome and endometriosis, Shannon moved up her timeline. They started trying. But after a year of that not working, Shannon and Chris started seeing a fertility specialist for tests. Like for this one that I can't pronounce. Hysterosalpingography. Thanks, internet doctor. That word may sound a little scary. It simply means an x-ray examination of the uterus and fallopian tubes. So they, they stretch your uterus out with saline, and then they inject you with iodine to see if there's any polyps or anything in your uterus. And then they take ultrasound pictures just to see if there's anything abnormal going on. When you get a... Hysterosalpingography. It's kind of a test to see where the fluid will go. They put a catheter through your cervix and start pumping in saline mixed with a contrasting dye, iodine. Ideally, it fills the uterus, travels up through your fallopian tubes, and this freaks me out for no reason. If there aren't any blockages there, the fluid should just empty out into your pelvic cavity. Shannon got the hysterosalpingography. And after the procedure, she was supposed to drive herself back to work. She's now a pre-K teacher at the same school where Chris is the principal. So I got up and got dressed and went and got in the car and I called Chris just to tell him, hey, I'm done. Everything went fine. And I'm going to head back to the school. And then she called me again just a, a minute or so later. And I realized that something was wrong in the way that she was talking, that she was uh, less just kind of with it in her speak. And I said, I'm not feeling very well. I feel I just, and he's like, well, what's wrong? And I was just like, I don't know, but I just, I am not okay. Like I am starting to have a lot of pain. I said, I feel like I'm going to pass out. And he was like, are you driving? And I was like, well, yeah. And he was like, pull over. I'm freaking out because I can only imagine that she's going to try to drive through the pain and knowing she's on the road. And I'm just over and over again, just repeating, pull over, pull over, pull over please pull over, Shannon, please pull over. And I'm, as I'm talking to her, trying to communicate with the people at my school that something's wrong, I'm grabbing my keys, running to my car. And then I want to say that I, that I just hear her start vomiting. And again, I don't know if she's trying to drive through this and then kind of the, the phone just goes silent. And... I am now driving towards the hospital. And as I'm driving towards the hospital and getting close, I notice that her car is pulled over on the side of a um, an overpass. And I luckily get to the light, turn around, and I get to the car, and she is she's keeled over into the passenger seat. And again, because I love vomit, there was a lot of vomit in the front seat. The next thing I really have a clear memory of 
is us pulling into the emergency room at the women's hospital and this sweet little lady being there with a wheelchair. (laughs) And I was just vomiting everywhere and her just waiting and just being like, get it out, baby girl, just get it out. And (laughs) I just remember just being so apologetic and you know, Chris trying to get me into the wheelchair and I was just in so much pain. I just have never been in that much pain and was just doubled over and just could not even breathe or talk or anything and just throwing up and throwing up. Turned out Shannon was having an allergic reaction to the iodine. This is a pretty rare reaction to a... Hystrosalpingography. But I guess what was happening was my uterus was like contracting like a labor... So it'd send it into like full labor contractions to get all the fluid out. And so they just were trying it. So they had to work to kind of keep my, or to calm my uterus down. The pain was similar to a labor contraction. But since those were being caused by iodine, not a baby, she didn't have the same restrictions on pain meds she'd have if she were actually pregnant. So they slammed me with Dilaudid. It's an opioid. Shannon was suddenly really out of it. And so then Chris and I get, you know, discharged to go home and I get in the car and I was just so thirsty. And I remember Chris got me a giant Sprite from Wendy's and we were in the car and we pull into our driveway at the house and we had like this sloped lawn from the driveway up to our house. And I remember just opening the door and just throwing up all over my shoes, all over the driveway and just like flopping out onto the lawn. (laughs) And just laying on this incline and him rushing around and just like, are you okay? I was like, just leave me here. It's fine. Just leave me here. I can't do this anymore. And I remember him being like, Shannon, you can't lay on our lawn. People are going to call the police. Yeah, I I may have made mention of people thinking she might be drunk in the the front yard. Uh, Put a a sign next to her. No, I'm just sick. That's actually one of the first times I kind of really registered how significant what we were going through was because I was wearing a pair of Toms and I had vomited all over them. And I know Chris's aversion to vomit. And by the time I came back around to kind of consciousness, like that evening or the next day, Chris had washed my Toms and put them outside to dry. He had cleaned my car out, which had been full of vomit. (laughs) And I just remember thinking like, man, like that's probably the first time that I really realized how significant our vows of in sickness and in health were. And, And was really a turning point, I think for me, on how significant a journey we were on. Over three years, Shannon and Chris tried three rounds of insemination each with only a 12% chance of working. No go. They decided against IVF, moved to Nashville, and there, Shannon's symptoms got worse and took a weird turn. She developed an autoimmune reaction to water. Water just touching her skin would cause a rash and insatiable itching all over her body. It's complicated, but her uterus turned out to be the culprit. Her doctor said it was time. Time for a hysterectomy. Shannon started crying. Not for herself, but because she didn't want to let down her students. She was teaching first grade, and 
the doctor said she absolutely couldn't wait until summer break. Again, Shannon was allergic to water. So days before Christmas, Shannon got her uterus removed. I felt different right away. I mean, it was remarkable. I mean, I don't think I realized how sick I had been for so many years and kind of progressively so. I just felt like a whole new person. And I had a lot of kind of anxiety because everybody was like, oh, it's going to be really hard. You know, be ready just emotionally. You're going to have a really difficult time. And I just felt almost guilty because I was really... I was so happy. I mean, I felt so much better. Like I had been given a whole new life. Now Shannon wasn't dealing with the regular cycles of hoping to get pregnant, followed by painful periods. She and Chris got to start hoping for something else, something they were still figuring out. You know, we had both just kind of decided, well, you know, you know, I'm feeling so much better and life is so much easier that maybe you know, maybe the plan for our life is just to have our school kiddos and and that's okay, you know, and that we would make the best of that and, and with our nieces and nephews and just kind of live it that way. In a bit, we have this recording to share with you guys. It's something pretty crazy that has come out of this new chapter of life that our couple has begun. Spoiler alert, there will be fluids. Don't go away. Say advertisement. We're back, and as promised, we have some amazing tape for you guys. Just a little setup. Shannon and Chris, they now live in Nashville, Tennessee. So our team was able to speak with them from their home by sending a recording engineer. Her name's Kim. A quick moment to tell you that Kim showed up at my door wearing a Michael Jackson silk blouse that is really distracting because I'm so jealous of it. So while she was at their house, this is what Kim, wearing the cool shirt, recorded for us. (laughs) This is baby Hudson. (laughs) Keen on Shannon, his mom. Oh, honey bear. (laughs) Mama should know better by now, huh? No, Michael Jackson blouses were harmed in the making of this podcast. Hudson is only six weeks old. He came into Shannon and Chris's life through open adoption. He's chunky. Yeah. And he's super smiley. It's been two years since Shannon's hysterectomy, since the bleeding stopped. And like all parents of newborns, Shannon and Chris are, once again, dealing with fluids. Just different kinds than before. Pee, of course, spit up, and breast milk deliveries from Hudson's birth mom. Sometimes when Shannon's mom friends discuss pregnancy and labor, she can feel left out. But at the same time, adoption has its advantages for Shannon and Chris. The fact that there's no, like, physical recovery for Shannon, I think is one of the the biggest ones. I've never, I've never lived with anybody who went through a physical recovery of pregnancy, but just imagining the weeks that it probably takes to feel yourself again and the fact that, you know, Shannon... We got to do all that beforehand. Yes, we did. 
pre-pregnancy physical recovery. We got to do all the hormones <laughs> and all the pain and all the throwing up and the we did all that before, you know. It's like you you stretched it over five years. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it was a really long labor. Yeah. So <laughs> just like with a pregnancy, Janet and Chris dealt with doctors and hospitals, food cravings, an embarrassing moment in a Whole Foods, blood and puke and lots of pain all helping them get ready for what's next. We want to hear from you. What was your emotional or physical equivalent to pregnancy and childbirth? Leave your comments on episode number 182. This episode was produced by me, Andreas Lenzi, with Jackie Sajiko. Our show's creator and executive producer is Hilary Frank. Our engineers are Pete Karam and Jared O'Connell. We had recording help this week from Kim Green. Our music is performed by hotmoms.gov. We get editorial support from Peter Clowney, Antonia Acatunde, Anne-Marie Baldonado, Rika Murthy, and Julia Wang. Next time on The Longest Shortest Time, Jessica delivers babies for a living. But when she had a baby of her own, her mom decided that she was calling the shots. She told me that I would not be leaving the house for 30 days. You cannot go out. And, you know, when she finally told me that I wasn't going to take a shower, that's when I kind of lost it. Oh, wow. So, so angry with me. Do not miss this epic mother-daughter tension. Subscribe to The Longest Shortest Time on Stitcher or wherever you're listening right now. And as always, here at The Longest Shortest Time, we want to hear your stories, stuff we've never heard before. In talking with Shannon for this week's story, I kept thinking how lucky she was to not just find a good doctor, but find one who believed her when she talked about her pain. For next year, we're working on a woman's guide to getting your doctor to believe you. Have you ever struggled with this? And how did you overcome the problem? And doctors, what should we include? Tell us, go to longestshortesttime.com, hit the participate tab and submit your story.